plane from the U.S. border, and the area has its own built-in labor force. Esa se llama la pata de coyote, se llama así. La pata de coyote. Drugs are just one of several powerful forces threatening the Tarahumara. Logging and the encroachment of mestizos, or mixed-race Mexicans, are the others. But in some respects, drug cultivation is the most insidious. If an area becomes particularly slated for the production or the distribution of drugs, then this is especially hard on indigenous peoples. Partly, I think, because the whole phenomenon of drugs, the whole drug industry, if you like, is relatively new, extremely well organized, extremely well financed. David Mabry Lewis is an anthropologist at Harvard University who studies indigenous groups in the Americas. He's also editor of the Cultural Survival Quarterly. The early attacks by the Spaniards on indigenous peoples who seized them and took them into the mines where they died in the, in the, in the Spanish mines and so on and so forth were obviously something pretty desperate which the indigenous peoples had to deal with. But then there were certain options. Flight was one option, and it's an option which the Tarahumara particularly have used over time. And in fact, one of the reasons why the Tarahumara are where they are today and, and I think are maintaining as much of their own culture as they do is because they have successfully used this tactic of flight over the centuries. But that, of course, no longer works now. So the threat to the Tarahumara lands and livelihood is probably more severe now than it has been in the past. There's a basic equation in cultural anthropology. When domination by the larger society gets too great, an indigenous culture responds through submission or resistance. Sometimes resisting takes a more complex form, such as negotiation. Then the picture gets fuzzier. If the Indian culture must negotiate the terms of its domination, how much of itself must it give up? How much can it change before the accommodation becomes submission? These kinds of questions have acquired great urgency for the Tarahumara as they confront this newest challenge from outsiders. The Tarahumara have survived with so much of their culture intact, in part because of the nature of the land in which they sought refuge. Tourists call it the Copper Canyon country. In Mexico, it's the Sierra Tarahumara, a range of mountains about the size of Maryland that stretches across southwestern Chihuahua and the eastern portions of Sonora and Sinaloa. Millennia of floods coursing through the soft basalt rock carved out barrancas, or canyons, some deeper and wider than the Grand Canyon. Many of the Tarahumara dwell deep in the labyrinthine folds of the Sierra. Their lives are so enmeshed with spirituality that they save their cut hair to take it with them to heaven, and they live so close to nature that they'll apologize to a cluster of greens before picking them for dinner. Tarahumara is actually a mispronunciation of the word raramuri, which means the light-footed ones. The name derives from the Indians' legendary marathons, some of which last 12 hours, and which they run wearing tire-soled warachi sandals. But for the narcotraficantes, the most impressive feature of the Sierra is not the rich cultural heritage of the Tarahumara, but the exquisite isolation of their homelands. Our ram charger roars down the skinny two-lane highway that meanders to the corrugated blue horizon. On the radio, a Norteño band sings of a famous drug shootout, which today could be set in the Sierra Tarahumara. 
You can't see the poppy and cannabis patches from the road. All we see are sawmills, one after another, filling the air for miles around with the shriek of steel teeth on cellulose, and next to them, countless stacks of ponderosa pine trunks waiting their turn at the blade. The Western Sierra Madres, in addition to being drug-rich, are also the Republic's most important domestic source of lumber. The toll that logging has taken on the mountains is tremendous. Biologists estimate that only 4% of old-growth forest remains in the Sierra. I wanted to find out about the impact of drugs and deforestation from a local expert. Severiano Cruz Natawachi is an 80-year-old Tarahumara shaman who lives in a beautiful forested valley bisected by a sparkling stream about three hours from the town of Guachochi. He takes his last name from the geologic landmark that towers over his log cabin. Natawachi.